strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. End zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! I am looking at the Doppler radar as we speak. Really? And I'm asking myself, are the Arizona Cardinals tracking to do the impossible the incomprehensible can they will they might they vanquish the toughest opponent on anyone's schedule 2020 can this Cardinals season ron wolfley save us from the clutches of 2020 boy wouldn't that be awesome paulie i hear exactly what you're saying right now we'll know in the next three weeks paul because it's not so much what the Cardinals have done. It's what they're saying. It's what I'm hearing. And we're going to spend the next hour documenting that. Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi here. Ron Wolfley there in studio. All socially distanced. We're going to be joined by one of the great speakers on this team, Kelvin Beecham, for a lot of different reasons, as we will all find out in a matter of moments. But Wolf, when The Cardinals go out and they get their second win of the season, and I hear, oh, boy, you know, we left a lot out there. We're only scratching the surface. When Larry Fitzgerald meets the media today and says, you know what, we got a lot of holes in our own boat that we need to plug, but then at the same time says we have the most dynamic player in the NFL right now in (laughs) Kyler Murray. It's it's what's being said yeah. that resonates to me even louder, perhaps, than what they have done. Listen, I realize it's only two games, and you know me, Paul. I'm whoa, whoa, not sick. I'm, I'm whoa for the most part, right? Especially when it comes to a young quarterback that is trying to make his way at the highest level our species can generate, a guy that played in all 16 games last year. That was a huge plus. He's only played 18 games as a starter in the National Football League. But right now, the way that it's trending, Paul, this kid looks more than special. We all knew he was special based on what he did last year. He looks like he could be more than special through the first two games of this season. In fact, Larry went on and said, there's nobody truly like Kyler Murray because for some reason, somehow, some way, the national analysts yep. are trying to find this comp yes. for Kyler Murray, and they're failing miserably. Are they not? Paulie, I said Kyler comps to Kyler. He does. And well, I, I, I didn't hear Larry Fitzgerald's comments. I didn't hear what he said, Paulie. But to me, he comps to himself. Larry said, quote, he's in a class of his own. Really? And, and you know what? Wow. The truly great players. He would know, right, Paul? Right, I Honestly, the truly great players who have redefined things in any sport are singular, are they not? Yes. 
they, they are, like you said, they're their comp only to themselves. Others are compared to them. They're not compared to anyone else. And, and right now, the closest thing and the only one I've used, the only one I've dared to use is Russell Wilson with the twin turbo. That's the only thing I've used. It's just you got Russell Wilson, but he runs a 4-3. Paulie, just admit it at some point in time right now as you look at Kyler Murray, you know you want to say it. The mighty Kyler Murray. Well, as you said, <laughs> it's still only 18 games in. Which the mighty. Us, oh. If it behooves us to use the two words, tick, <laughs> there's still a lot more coming. That's, that's what we need. Well, we way, can't name him TikTok. The we, mighty. Till you hear Devon Kennard and what he said today and why I quote, there's not many people who want that smoke. We're just getting started on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Haskins in the pocket. The ball comes out and it's picked off at the 11-yard line into the hands of Chandler Jones. Looked to be Jordan Phillips that got a hand on the football, either that or on the arm of Haskins, slammed to the ground at the 20-yard line for a sack. Devon Kennard, another Cardinal newcomer, passes it to the far side, incomplete, broken up by Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell once again running with a tight end, baby. Another play on the ball by Devondre Campbell. Yep. The operative word there from Pasha Wolf, another. Devondre Campbell has been all over the field in two games. He had a team-high 10 tackles. He had two passes defense. I mean, he had two tackles for loss. You got a, a Cardinals defense that, at least through two games, looks like it has significantly improved. In fact, Ron Wolfley here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We should just mention right off the top, the number one third down defense in the NFL right now belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. It doesn't stop there, Paulie. It really doesn't. And the newcomers, uh, the newcomers, I should say, Devondre Campbell, Devon Kennard, of course, Jordan Phillips. These guys really have made a huge impact on this defense. How about these numbers right here, Paul? Would you say these are important numbers and important metrics when you talk about sacks per attempt, Paul? Would you say that's important? Let her rip. Okay, yep. number four, Paul, in the National Football League in sacks per attempt. Mm. Third down percentage. Is it important, Paul, to get off the field on third down if you're a defense? That was an issue last year. Uh, Paul, number one in the National Football League in third down percentage. 26% of the time, that's the conversion rate on third down against Vance Joseph and this defense. Red zone defense, they're tied for number one in the National Football League, allowing 29% conversion rates of teams that actually get possession inside their 20 and score a touchdown. It's only 29%. And number two in points. Is that a big metric? Wow. Number two in points. Now, it's only through two games, as we know, but right now the newcomers have really made a difference with this defense. But wait a minute. All these national analysts say that the Cardinals' offense will hang the Cardinals' defense out to dry. That there's no viable, feasible yeah. way to have an effective defense when you're running this sort of offense. As once again, so many of the national voices are so wrong because you had a Cardinals team that was pitching the shutout at halftime. A Cardinals team, to get back to the whole sacks thing, four sacks by halftime against Washington Wolf, yeah. and not a single one was by a guy named Chandler Jones. And to me, that is really encouraging because the teams that were able to double and triple team Chandler Jones and bottle him up basically 
negated the Cardinals' pass rush a year ago. Yeah, no doubt about it. They're getting that push once again. Jordan Phillips, you heard the the highlight right there coming back, getting that push on the interior. That's so important. They're going to need that to continue to evolve as the season evolves. And then those edge guys like Devon Kennard and Chandler Jones coming around the corner. I'm telling you right now, Paulie, the way that it's trending, it's very, very good. And going back to your original statement in regard to the national media and the narrative surrounding this team, I, I just honestly think so much of it has got to do with the fact that it's Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach. And there's a lot of old school guys that don't like the fact that Cliff Kingsbury got the job. Got a got a job out of nowhere when he didn't even win at college, or so they think to themselves. That's the reason why. I don't think they want him to be successful. And because of that, they always look at his system and think they're running the air raid when we all know they're not running the air raid. You know what? That's very plausible. And, and you're Absolutely right, I, I think, to a large degree on that. No, no, And you know what? Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech wasn't a reflection on his coaching ability, maybe his recruiting ability, <laughs> right. maybe on the ability to get recruits to Lubbock, Texas. He doesn't Texas. have to worry about Hello. recruiting anymore, Paulie. Exactly. He's getting, yeah, he's getting get, uh, guys that can flat-out ball draft picks. So, Devondre Campbell, to get back to Devondre Campbell and what he's been able to do, don't forget that a year ago against the Lions, right out of the gates in week one, the rookie TJ Hawkinson had six grabs for a buck 31. He had a big touchdown catch and a 39 yarder. Uh, and there was a persistent problem throughout the year, the tight end. Devondre Campbell has been a nice answer to that. Here he is. I always kind of pride myself in being multi dimensional. You know, I feel like I can rush, cover, and play behind the ball. And uh, yeah, some people are surprised considering I am a bigger guy and I can run with tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs. So it kind of surprises a lot of people, but it never surprises me because I know what I'm capable of. We know the measurables on Isaiah Simmons, but I had a defensive assistant coach tell me near the beginning of camp, have you seen Isaiah Simmons standing next to Devondre Campbell? Meaning the two of them are very similar. Oh, yeah. In stature, and as he just said, man, Devondre Campbell can move and just get all over the field. And Paulie, when you're talking about how much improved this defense is, the tip of the spear to that statement is Devondre Campbell. I, I, I'm sorry. You, you watch him through two games once again. His physicality. First of all, he's much more physical than what I gave him credit for when they first signed him. Much more physical. His tackling in the open field has been awesome. His covered skills, great. His rush skills, this is a complete football player. He's long and he's lean, Paul, and he can run down the seam with tight ends. This this guy is at the the center of the Arizona Cardinals' improvement on defense. Well, Vance Joseph said today that he's playing A-plus football. That was the quote. Here's what Vance Joseph said. We get back to camp and what he had told his defense when this whole season started. This team, you know, it it feels special. You've got guys that are so unselfish, especially on our side of the ball. We've got a lot of guys who can be starters. And our first meeting in training camp, we talked about playing agenda-free football with every man being a star in his role. Every week it's been that way. You know, if you play 10 snaps, if you play 50 snaps, just make sure you're a star in your role. If you go back to that week one game, and really this was also a persistent problem throughout the year, but really against that Lions, the Lions team without Pat P and Robert Alford, and we know all that, a lot of without the new names are added via free agency, but there were open receivers all over the field yeah. almost all game long, and that has not been an issue this year. Buttoned up, Paulie, no doubt about it, but can I just say this right here, that defense is humble. 
and that defense plays together because of Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. I mean, think of how understated both those gentlemen are. Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. You don't hear these guys tooting their own horn, and yet they're at the heart, they are, of that defense from a leadership perspective. Well, and remember, the Lions get Kenny Galladay back. He hasn't played the first two games. He's a Pro Bowl receiver. They have Marvin Jones, who has hurt the Cardinals before. TJ Hawkinson, who had a big game against the Cardinals. Vance Joseph called them the best passing offense they've faced this year. Mm -hmm. Speaking of passing and protecting the quarterback, Helvin Beecham next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Bada bing, bada boom. Great protection for Kyler Murray. The pocket has been really, really sound. This is where you got to feed the butt guts now, baby. You got to let those butt guts line up and eat. Get a little greasy. They like it greasy. Shotgun snap and a handoff to Drake up the middle. He's in for the touchdown. Kenyon Drake from a yard out. Cardinals had the lead. You had the butt guts come off the ball. Get movement at the point, baby. You know, Wolf, if I might say so, you do some of your best work on Cardinals radio broadcast alongside Dave Pash when talking about the O-line. You know, is that maybe because of your particular affinity for eating as well? You know, maybe you just have that in common with the O-line. Is it because you spent 10 years behind the O-line in the backfield as a fullback? What is it about the O-line that brings out the best in you? Uh, first of all, Polly, I come from a family filled with offensive linemen. That's true. My older brother Craig, my younger brother Dale. That's there where it comes from. And okay. I was a blocking fullback, Paul. Thank you. Well, remember last month when we went into camp and one of the be- the big questions for the Big Red was right tackle. Remember that? Yes. Have you heard anyone really pose that question since camp started? No. Because I haven't. And we're going to get to know the guy who has checked that box in a big way as Kelvin Beecham joins us. He has just joined the Cardinals this season. And yes, he has been a big answer. Two games, two games worth of more than 400 total yards in both games. Kelvin, welcome. From yours truly, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolf. I know you guys have gotten to know each other. How are we doing this evening? Doing well. Can you hear me? Can you hear me well? Yeah, absolutely, Calvin. Man, thank you for joining us, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, give us your thoughts on this offense and and what you think about what you have seen so far, just about the offense and the scheme. Because I tell you, nationally and a lot of these TV studios and the networks, there's a lot of confusion. Well, you know, I think that when it is creative, um, it's, uh, it's fast-paced, it's up-tempo. But at the end of the day, uh, you're still playing football. Um, there are routes that are going downfield. Uh, when you've got a team that wants to play zone, uh, you've got a quarterback that can pick, pick zones, zones apart. You've got playmakers on the outside that can run crossing routes when people are running man and go up and catch the ball when you're throwing it deep. And then at the end of the day, man, as an offensive lineman, uh, we're running the ball downhill. Uh, um, it may have a lot of people moving around and it may have a lot of bells and whistles, but at the end of the day, the ball is being ran between the tackles. Um, and when you cut on the film, um, there are two double teams most likely happening, and you got uh, three techniques to being, that are being put in the laps of, of linebackers. And when you're able to do that consistently and close out games in four minutes, um, you're doing something well enough to, to win games and you've been efficient with your runs. So, um, you know, there's still work to be done, uh, but at the end of the day, um, we can care less what people have to say outside of the building, but are really concerned with what we're doing um, on the practice field uh, and just finding ways to fine-tune those details. Kelvin, do you mind if I metaphorically put you on the couch for a second? Do you mind if I do that? 
Go for, go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm actually sitting on I'm, I'm sitting on the couch right now. So <laughs> of course you are, my brother. Yes, you're an offensive lineman. Listen, exactly. Where did you grow up, and how did you grow up, my friend? Uh, grew up in Mahia, Texas, um, about an hour and a half south of Dallas. Um, grew up had both parents in my in my you know in the house, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, had a dad that woke up every day at 4:45. Uh, was working on cars, is still doing that to this day. So as many times that I'm actually trying to beat him uh, up in the morning, <laughs> even when I'm on the West Coast. Uh, but, man, I, I've been very fortunate to have a, a phenomenal family. Uh, grandparents are still living, which is a blessing considering the wow. environment that we're in. Um, but, man, that's that's what's made me. That's who I am. Uh, I'm country at the end of the day, even though I can put on a suit and tie when I need to and get on the football field. But at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Yet, Kelvin Beecham, you have your MBA as well, don't you? Uh, I have a master's, not an MBA, uh, but have a master's. Uh, uh, you know, went the route of getting the MBA, but had to had to detour just a little bit and got my master's as well. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and I, I bring that up, Wolf, because as you know, I mean, you have aspirations that go way beyond just football, don't you? They do, uh, but man, the thing is, is I try to live in the moment. You know, um, the moment is right now. The moment is 2020, and it's been a it's been an interesting 2020 for us all. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I, I understand that the game of football um, doesn't last forever. Um, you know, everybody can't be Larry and, and, and play the game for 17 years, which is which is what you know every every athlete wants to do, every football player wants to do. But um, that's not realistic. You know, I understand that the the average career for for NFL players is two and a half years to three years, and um, I've surpassed that, and uh, I know the body can only take so much. So um, I've always, you know, tried to make sure that I put some things in place and lay a foundation for what was going to happen when, when it's all said and done with. What about football itself? When you think of playing football, Calvin, what's the best thing about playing the game of football? Man, the best thing about playing football is I get to fight, and, and I, I don't get, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't get, you know, uh, <laughs> put in jail right exactly put my hands on somebody you know um so i get to i get to legally abuse another man um uh, for for four quarters um you know so i mean you know the thing is 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 sometimes you know people see you know guys running around the edge but sometimes they don't see that your hand might accidentally slide up into his throat sometimes you know um so it's one of those things that i, oh, I, I, enjoy I can't feel that kelvin <laughs> I do. As a guy, yeah. I was a wedge buster. I played 10 years in the NFL. I was a wedge buster. And yes, I'm sorry. Is my hand on your face? I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't mean to do that, you know. Um, <laughs> that, that, that happens from time to time. You know, hey, man, you get your hand on my face, man. Oh, right. I mean, I, I thought I hit your shoulder pad. I'm sorry, man. You know, I work, I, I do a better job next time. Oh, well, great. I'm guessing you and J.R. Sweezy get along just fine on the right side oh, of the line fine. then, huh? Just fine. Just fine. And I, I told him, um, you know, I got I got kind of cockroached in the, in the first game of the year, uh, you know, going against uh, 91 from, from San Francisco. And I told him early on in the week, man, I said, listen, I'm going to take shots. And sometimes I'm going to stone them at the line, and sometimes I'm not. But if you ever see any, you know, any piece of him hanging off, knock him out. And if you have to knock me out too, knock me out too. I'm like, I, you know, it's part of the game. Like, take us both out. Yeah. And this had to be maybe like the sixth play of the game. You know, 91 came inside. I'm sitting down on the bull. And I just feel myself going backwards. And I'm like, it's no way this guy's bullying me like that. I look at film. And just exactly what happened. Sweezy hits him. He takes me with him. And I'm like, hey, I told him to do it. I mean, that's part of the game. So 
uh, me and Sweezy get along just well, man. Uh, both are, are aggressive when we need to be, and, and we need to set vertical. We're able to do that. Uh, our double teams are starting to get better. Uh, it took us some time, you know, no OTAs, you know, a different kind of training camp to get used to, you know, running double teams, Bs, deuces, et cetera. Um, so, man, it's, it's fun playing next to him. Uh, came in the same draft class, so it's crazy, you know, how things come full circle. So, uh, really excited to be playing next to him. So, as you were growing up country, what sports did you play, Galvin? Was it just football? Man, I played everything, man. You know, in the country, you got to be dual sport and sometimes <laughs> play all three sports. So, man, I, I played – uh, I played offense and defense in high school, uh, played basketball, played a lot of basketball, uh, threw the discus. Um, I did not run track, um, but I was on the track team. And, you know, as, as an offensive lineman, man, we, we, uh, we limit, um, you know, some of that long distance stuff. So, you know, anything in short spurts, I was, I was all for. Um, you know, play a little baseball until I got hit in the head with a baseball, man. And when, I, <laughs> when that happened, I, I put the baseball back down. So you put a helmet on, Calvin. Say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I hear country in Texas, and you're an NFL player. I think of Friday Night Lights. Did your town empty oh, out yeah. on a Friday night? Empty, empty out, man. Empty out. Uh, it was, it was, it was. Uh, everybody was at the game. You know, you had the the, the old men that ended up going to a to a hole in the wall um, breakfast spot in the morning to talk about the game on Saturday morning. Um, you know, it was so funny, man. My, my sister um, won, won the state basketball championship a couple of years ago, and I actually still have the press clip from my Hair Daily News um, wow. here in my house. And my mom was up mom was up this past weekend and showed her, and she was like, it's crazy that pretty much everybody in my hair was in Austin to watch them win the state championship. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things, man, and down in the country. It's only 7,500 people, so it ain't like it's a whole bunch of people. Um, but, man, well, I'll tell you what, we'll continue with Kelvin Beecham when we come back on the Big Red Rage. Shotgun snap to Murray. Steps up and takes off. Far side of the 20. Got room at the 10. Cuts right to the 5. Jukes the defender and scores. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. A 22-yard run. His second rushing touchdown of the game. That defender is in multiple pieces at the 5-yard line <laughs> as he tried to break down and make that play, and Kyler broke him down. Went right through Washington secondary like butter in the microwave, baby. I see an arm, a foot, a piece of the torso on the ground there, the Washington defender, as he got shook by Kyler Murray. Boy, that was spectacular. Oh, my goodness. It's just beautiful. It's unfair. That was the 21-yard touchdown run. There was also a 14-yard touchdown run, and the stat goes something like this, Wolf. The last Cardinals quarterback to do something like that in a game 1951 in the Hall of Famer Charlie Trippy. So think about that. And honestly, the touchdown run that didn't count was the one that broke the internet. Yes. That, that, that was the video, was it not? Wolf? Yes, it was. The one-on-one <laughs> with Landon Collins. What's it like to watch the film after a Cardinals game these days? And check out Kyler and what he is doing behind that offensive line. We are joined by right tackle Kelvin Beecham here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. So, Kelvin, you tell us, what sort of words or description would you use right now when it comes to Kyler Murray? It's unbelievable, honestly. Um, You don't see that, you know, (laughs) you don't see that in the National Football League too often. Um, the last quarterback that, that I blocked for that did some stuff like that in the game was a, a guy by the name of Michael Vick 
Yeah. Uh, he did it on Monday Night Football when uh, he had to step in for Ben Roethlisberger back in 2015. So it's been a long time since I've seen a quarterback do some of the things <laughs> uh, to, to DB secondaries like Kyle has been doing over the past two weeks. What's it like, Calvin, to actually block for Kyler Murray? Does it mess you up sometimes? Man, you know, the thing is, is I love it. You know, all I have to do is do my job. And if I do my job, if I keep him clean, he'll make me look good. <laughs> he makes the offense look good. Uh, he'll make the defense look bad. You know, um, you know, people try to say, well, you know, do you know where he's at? You know, is he tall enough? Can he throw it over you? Man, if you just do your job and keep your guy away from him, he will take care of the rest, you know. Um, and as an offensive lineman, it alleviates a lot of pressure. Uh, you don't have to be perfect every single time. All you got to do is fight your tail off and just make sure your guy doesn't get close enough to touch him. And if you can do that, you know, 40 plays, 50 plays, how many times we need to throw the ball, we'll be just fine. Calvin, do you see more bull rushes because people are trying to collapse the pocket a lot of times rather than open up a seam? Yeah, the thing is, I think, you know, the team we're facing this week in, in the Lions, they predicate their rushes based on the quarterback. So there will be a lot more bull rushes. They do try to do a better job than, than other teams of staying in their rush lanes and, and trying to keep everything in front of them. Um, and we'll see how that works this weekend. Um, but the two teams that we face to date, you know, they've been about doing things, you know, that they want to do. You know, it's the National Football League. They get paid, too, so they want to rush the passer the way that they want to rush the passer. Um, but I think, you know, um, you know, going into this weekend, I think that they may have a plan to try to, you know, call, we call it a mush rush, where they, you know, they're just trying to get down the middle of us, peak, and, and try to get their hands up and jump and try to bat balls. So we'll see what transpires this weekend. When Kyler does get loose, here's how Devon Kennard describes that as a defender. I don't think anybody wants Kyler in the open field right now. Uh, you know, seeing what he's doing to even defensive backs, you know, I don't, I, there's not many people who want that smoke. So I definitely don't. Like I said, I'm glad he's on my team. Not many of them want that smoke is how he <laughs> describes it. Let me ask you this. I mean, Cullen, you look at the Cardinals and they rushed as an offense for 180 yards in game one, 160 yards rushing in game two doesn't matter how you're accumulating rushing yards it doesn't matter how but the thing we're still leaving yards on the field honestly um like i said earlier we still have to do a better job with our double teams our one-on-one blocks um driving and adjusting you know when guys are reaching for tackles and, and finding ways to finish them off um so we still have much, a lot of room to grow you know we've ran for over 100 but you know, we got to get Kenyon going. We got to get Chase going. Um, we got to find a way to get these running backs going as well. Where, you know, you got a, a quarterback that's rushing for 100 and a, and, a, and a running back that's rushing for 100. So, we still got we still have work to do um, up front. So, by no means do we have it figured out. You know, it's a great start, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. So, Calvin, you are a grizzled NFL veteran. You've earned that badge. There's no doubt about it, right? A pro's pro. When Kyler Murray, when you guys do huddle, what is he like in the huddle, and how is he developing as a leader? You know, he's he's straight to the point. You know, I think we have it's a good mix uh, of folks in that huddle uh, between myself uh, and the offensive line. Sweezy's been in the league in a, a league for a while. You got a young center in both uh, Lamont um, and Mason um, Pugh and, and DJ both been in the league for a while. You got a a season. Uh, wide receiver core, um, so he go he comes into a huddle that's, you know, it's a lot. People in the huddle, in the huddle are a lot older than he is, and he comes in and is very direct and right to the point. 
Um, we all listen. And I think he has room to grow as a leader, and I mm-hmm. think he's willing to, to say that he has room to grow. Um, but I think at the end of the day, he's finding a way to put not only the offense, but himself in a great position for us to be successful. Um, that's being willing to listen to coaching, take coaching, um, take criticism, give out criticism. Um, and as you continue to, to, to mold as an individual, um, it's going to be great to see him develop uh, as a more vocal leader. Um, he's still somewhat quiet, but there's still, you know, this is it's year two. Um, but I'm just glad it's great to see the, the strides that I've seen him make. And even with, you know, making audibles. Um, making his own audibles. Um, I've seen him do it in practice and starting to see, see him do it in the game. And Again, that's just going to bode well for us uh, long term. So when you look at the upside on this offense and you look, for example, when this team goes up-tempo, Cliff Kingsbury was of the opinion that in that San Francisco game, it paid off in the second half. The fourth quarter in particular, you put together two scoring drives in that fourth quarter because it was a process of wearing down that Niners defense. Do you see that when you're out on the field over the course of a game? You do. You do. And I would say even in that 49ers game, there were, I want to say, a good series and a half where we didn't see the the first-team defense out there. Um, they were second win. The two that were out there were second win. <laughs> we were second win, but, you know, it's always great when you're moving the ball up and down the field. I think we had a 17-play drive um, in the middle, of the, the middle of the fourth quarter that really, you know, took a lot out of the defense. Um, and even seeing it this past weekend with, with, with Washington, um, again, seeing the rotation of guys coming in and out, um, trying to keep guys fresh. Um, and then even when, when we're not letting them out the field by going that up-tempo offense, it just slows down the rush. It slows down the rush, and then by the time that we get in the fourth minute, and I think we held the ball for like six minutes in the middle, of, you know, in the end of the fourth quarter, where they just have no answer. You know, everything that we're doing is working. Play action, you know, running up the middle, running outside, running inside, you know, running pop passes. All those things are, are working because they just have no answer. Uh, legs are gone. Lungs are gone. Um, and it's a great feeling to make a team tap out. And, you know, we've had the ability to do that with our tempo. And, again, we have the ability to push that even more when we are able to do that in the middle of the third quarter uh, where we can really control the control the entire half. So, again, we still have some room to grow. Well, the Lions come into this game with two sacks in two games. So we'll see. And I think that's one of the reasons Cliff Kingsbury has been a little guarded this week because obviously it's not the same defensive front, at least on paper, that the Cardinals faced in the 49ers team before they got all banged up. And a Washington team coming off the eight sacks. Hey, a reminder, join the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL family by registering to vote today. Make your voice heard on November 3rd. Just go to azcardinals.com slash vote. More with Kelvin Beecham as we continue on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Sean Kugler has been fantastic for that room. Sean Kugler is, in my opinion, one of the best offensive line coaches in the National Football League. It certainly is the area where our team had probably the most improvement was the offensive line. Sean Kugler gets that sort of respect from the GM Steve Keim after last year and then going into the offseason it's no surprise and no fluke that sean kugler and steve kind pursued our guest kelvin beecham because Kugler has had a significant past and connection with kelvin beecham who once upon a time was the seventh round pick of the pittsburgh steelers welcome back into the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert as we know dj humphrey's name has been on this show for a couple of years wolf the left tackle 
That's where Kelvin Beecham has most of his t- experience at left tackle, now at right tackle. But before we get to that, here's Hump on what Beecham means to him. Me and Beach trained every summer in the offseason at OLP, and I've always looked at Beach like a big brother looking at him for advice or how to do things, and he's going to do everything right, and he's going to give you everything he got, every snap, every period, every day. So you guys worked out in the offseason, right? And, and I'm, I'm guessing you anticipated the position switch, even though the last six years you, what, started 82 games all at left tackle. So tell us about that transition, Kelvin. Um, you know, it was a transition that, you know, I knew was, was intimate, uh, intimate. Um, didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, and it just happened to happen at this point in my career. You know, I think as a, as a tackle, um, you have to be able to play both sides. Uh, you want to be able to play one position your entire career, but that's not how the NFL works. You get in where you fit in, and you try to make a name for yourself and enroll from there. Uh, but the opportunity presented itself to, to come here and, and, and start and, and was looking forward to the opportunity. And, uh, again, had a lot of familiarity with the, with the coaching staff between Cougs and, and Sacks and uh, some folks that I played with before. So um, it was a blessing uh, to be here and, and excited and still excited to be here. What kind of coach is Sean Coogler? Sean is one of those guys, if he loves you, he loves you. Um, you know, he took a chance on me back in 2012 and stood on the table to, to get me there in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, tough love when I got there in Pittsburgh, you know, ran me through the ringer when I was a rookie. Um, but we stayed in touch over the years and, and now being reconnected with them and, and being able to talk about things that we've both been through uh, during that time that we've been apart from each other um, and then still having a tough love now, you know. Uh, continue to push us uh, every single day an individual, push us in every um, period that we have, whether it's one-on-ones, team reps, um, and even, you know, with this momentum that we have, continuing to, to push the envelope and hold us all accountable to continue to stay in the details. Um, but at the same time, Kuz loves to have fun. Um, and, and he's one of those those, those offensive linemen's dream uh, to have mm-hmm. as a coach because he knows when to work and he knows when to play. What kind of player – is Kelvin Beecham. Wolf, to follow up on your question, go one further because our own Jim Alejandro asked Larry Fitzgerald about that today, and then Larry expanded that into what sort of teammate and person is Kelvin Beecham. Well, KB's first-class teammate. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he had a sister, you'd be comfortable with KB dating her. Like, that's the kind of guy. And I, I feel like that's, like, one of the highest compliments you can pay to a man. Um, you know, he's respectful. You know, he's diligent. He's hardworking. Vast uh, array of interests off the football field. You know, he's been very helpful to some, some of his young teammates just overhearing conversations that he's, he's having with them. And you know, he's a wonderful pickup for us and, uh, and, and, a, and a great friend. I think there's only one other guy that Larry has said that about in all of 17 of his years. And that guy, Wolf, is now the president of the Washington football team, Jason Wright. <laughs> Jason, yeah. I, I'm, dare, I'm, I'm dead yeah. serious. And, and by the way, Colvin, you guys have that in common, don't you? There was off-field interest. I mean, I saw an interview with you where you said you have business interests later in life in drones and robotics. Please explain. <laughs> Um, but you know the thing is, is you know I talk about you know being being country, uh, and I love the country a lot. But you know I can't actually be there in the country. So you know I started exploring ways in which I can see what's going on in the country and be where I'm you know wherever I'm playing at. And, and drones are a way to do that. So you know I got land and cattle down in Texas. Um, I can literally fly a drone from from my office here in Arizona if I if I desire and, and see exactly what's going on on my property. Um, I'm actually trying to get some demolition done to, to, to one of the tracks that I have down there. Um, and I have a drone that's flying over it 
uh, periodically just to, to keep me updated on what's going on. And, and I'm one of those people, if I'm going to be using this type of technology, I want to be able to invest in it. So uh, it, it happened from a just a, uh, a curiosity to want to try out some of the new things and new gadgets. You know, everybody likes toys. You know, NFL players, we, we're pretty much big kids. Uh, and some guys like playing games and, you know, some guys like traveling and things of that nature. You know, I love technology, and, and that's kind of what, what, what gets me off and, and what, what keeps, you know, you know, the mind kind of working at, at times. Kelvin, would you ever be interested in a front office position in the National Football League? <laughs> That's a great question. And, you know, um, it, it, it was crazy. I, I was actually spending some time with, um, uh, I think it's Polian, um, who, who used to be the GM. Um, Bill Polian? The, the, yeah. Yes. Uh, work, you know, offense, former offensive lineman. Well, well, I was the offensive lineman, but I know he coached offensive line in the, in the, in the National Football League, um, was a GM in, in uh, New England, Kansas City, and uh, Atlanta, well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Well, wait a minute. And, uh Bill Polian, are you talking about Bill Polian? Because Bill Polian was the general manager at uh, in Buffalo. So this is not that's not the right that's not the right guy. That's not the right guy. Him. That it was, it was he was he was he was the I can't think of his name, but I know he was a G, he was a GM. Where he worked closely, uh, where he worked cl- closely with Bill Belichick in New England. Um, it was the the head guy in Kansas City before they oh hired Scott the Pioli, Scott Pioli, yes yeah, Scott, Scott Pioli, yes. Scott. Yeah, Scott Pioli. And, you know, me and him have been, you know, I got connected to him via the Charles Bentley over at Offensive Line Performance. And, you know, me and him just, just talking shop. And he talked about, men how they build a great middle class um, in New England. And I was like, man, you know, you think about putting teams together and, you know, I do my little teams, you know, uh, you know, with how I put kind of things out together on the, you know, off the field. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if that's something that I would do, uh, but I have great relationships with a number of front offices around the league, and, and still stay in touch with a number of scouts. I don't know. You know, I'm, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm one of those people. That don't like putting limits on myself, and don't like putting myself into a box. But nobody's ever asked me that question before. But um, I do think about it from time to time. And you've been active with the Players Coalition, right? And, and, and in fact. You've really been targeting November third with awareness and voting and the importance Correct. of all of the above. Mm-hmm. It is. It's been something that you know. Um, I think everybody sees the importance of, of being able to, to maintain our democracy um, and being able to have a voice. Um, and I think in you know the current um, times that we're living in, I just think everybody should be able to exercise their, their right to vote. If you're registered here in Arizona, I'm registered in Texas. Uh, I'll be you know mail-in uh, mail-in voting. Um, but if you have a chance to be, you know, if you have a chance to register, register. And I, and I really can't say thank you enough to the tie owner for allowing State Farm, uh, the State Farm Stadium to be a, a place where early voting uh, will be happening as well as um, the voting that will be happening on November 3rd. So if you have a chance to go out and vote, please go vote. Please, please go exercise your, your, your U.S. Uh, American right to go vote. Um, and it's something that, that I think every American should believe in is the, is the right to vote. So if you have a chance to go vote, go vote. Are you going to fly your ballot to Texas via drone? Is, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> you know, I never thought about that. You know, Amazon has this thing where they can pick it up and go and deliver. So, you know, I've never thought about that. But I go the old-fashioned way, man. Put a, put a stamp on it and, and, and let U.S. Uh, US mail take it, take it on hand and the county clerk down there in Livestone County. Kelvin, love your demeanor, man. Love your intellect. Love the person that you are, the player that you are. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us tonight, buddy. Really enjoyed it. Anytime. You have a good night.
Okay, there you go. Thank you, Kelvin Beecham. That is great. I can't wait Man. to all the social distancing <laughs> ends. We can uh, chop it up with him some more. Oh, I know. My. Wow. Did I hear that right, by the way? That he flies a drone from Arizona to look at his ranch in Texas? He said he could. He yes, could. He could do it. Yes. That's, Think about that. That's intriguing. And that was Kelvin Beecham. We continue to wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage <laughs> presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Back to pass, looking, throws it, middle of the field for Johnson, caught for a touchdown! Kyler Murray's first NFL touchdown! Shotgun snap, Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Back-to-back touchdown passes by Kyler Murray, and they're two points away from tying this thing with 43 seconds left. Cardinals can tie it here, shotgun snap, Murray back to pass, throws to the left, it is caught by Kirk! Kyler Murray mic'd up. That was game one a year ago, the first game in the NFL for the then rookie and number one overall pick. And if you remember that game, the Cardinals trailed 24-6 early fourth quarter. And then Kyler flipped the switch. 20-29 passing, 238, two touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating of 117 in the fourth quarter and overtime alone. And think about that, Wolf, as we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Think how much different a quarterback Kyler Murray is now and then think about things have not changed for the Lions as they have now become the first NFL team ever to lose four straight games after blowing double digit leads in each game that's just incredible Paul it really is right can you imagine that goes back to last year and speaking of that they've lost what 11 consecutive games 11 in a row Paulie going back to last year boy things are getting dark in Detroit okay and let me ask you when they come in with the worst rushing defense in the NFL when they come in with only two sacks in two games I ask myself uh, if the Cardinals truly say they've left stuff out there and they're only scratching the surface on offense what is that portend for Sunday yeah there's no doubt Paulie I look at this and going into this game the very first thing I think of is what will Kyler Murray do this week (laughs) that is number one honestly I'm not just saying because of Detroit I'm saying more because I think Kyler Murray the mighty Kyler Murray is a guy that is more about him going out and playing and doing well and making his own stuff, so to speak, where I don't care who it is you're playing against. I think Kyler Murray, what kind of incredible plays will he actually be able to orchestrate this week? That's my first thought. My number two thought is this. Game plan. Will Cliff Kingsbury come out and try to run the ball more? Is that what we're going to see, Polly? Will he try to run the ball more in the first half because the Lions are just so bad, number 32, and rushing yards per game and play allowed in the NFL dead last? Will he try to run the ball? I I don't know, but it just seems to me that it's going to get a little greasy and a little dirty out there early. The Lions just gave up 259 yards rushing to the Packers, 7.4 yards a carry after after the Bears rushed for 149 yards. So... I mean, if you were to put together a wish list, I'm guessing a more conventional, traditional run game would be among those things you would like to see in offense? Yeah, I I think so, honestly. And again, I don't have any problem with snapping the ball to Kyler Murray, and here comes the sweep. (laughs) Let's fake it to Kenyon Drake. Let's go ahead and do that, and I'll follow Chase Edmonds around the corner on a sweep. I, I have no problem with these called runs and Kyler is responding on these called runs. I don't know if you've noticed this, Paulie, but my goodness, when when you call his number, he's not just going down anymore. 
He's making a couple of breaks, his touchdown runs, a couple of moves right there. He's not sliding down to the ground. He's actually trying to score the football, and he's doing a very, very good job of it. But I think it is going to be more traditional. I think we might see a lot more inside zone, and here we go with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and try to run the ball between the tackles and test that Detroit Lions box because so far through two games, they've been awful. And to your point, don't forget – that what Kyler Murray has done has opened up a lot of other things. And you heard what Kelvin Beecham said in the impact he has on a defense, just the threat of Kyler Murray, what he's already put on film. For example, here's Jack Del Rio earlier today. He was asked how his defense can be less tentative going forward. This is a D coordinator in Washington. And he said, quote, well, not face Kyler Murray. That's how we can be less tentative, is what Jack Del Rio said. Wow. Don't think that his reputation isn't preceding him. If you've heard Detroit's defensive coordinator this week talking to the media, uh, yeah, tentative would be a word I would use to describe even him in trying to consider his own game plan and what do you do against Kyler and company. The bigger question for me is the Cardinals' defense against the the Lions' passing offense and Matthew Stafford now that he has all his weapons back. I think that's going to be a true matchup. Yeah, that's no doubt about that, Paulie, but... The mighty Kyler Murray, and what will he do this week? Can Kyler and the Cardinals once again save us from the clutches of 2020? That is the question at this point as they go against the Lions, who are winless. Same with Carolina, same with the Jets, and then in week six at the Dallas Cowboys Monday night. They have special thanks Jim Almonro, Mitch Roldis, Ron Wolfley, and Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club